Welcome to Conservative Patriot Nation, new members and returning members. Tonight we are bringing you another fantastic show. And this show is exposing what many have said in that hearing that we all watched in Congress. Oh, New York is at its best crime rate ever. And tonight we're gonna expose that that was a lie. Before we get to the show, I'd like to recognize a couple of our sponsors. I'd like to recognize My Pillow and Mike Lindell, a guy that's really been going to bat. He's been putting his money to the fight. He's been exposing a lot of things that Americans are now waking up to. And if you go to MyPillow.com and use promo code CPNN, you'll get up to 66% off your purchase. And it allows Mike to continue the fight. As you can see, a lot of the deep state are trying to file lawsuits and take him to court. And we can see the games that they play. So if you go to MyPillow.com and use promo code CPNN, you'll get up to 66% off your purchase. And last but not least, I'd like to recognize the late, great Dr. Zelenko. As we can see, all types of fog and smoke in the air. And they're trying to talk about other viruses and all types of things to try to put fear into people. Do not allow the fear to allow you to give away your rights. They did it once. You know, they can fool you once, they can't do it again, you know, and uh, we can see what they're up to. And if you go to zstacklife.com, you'll see many great autoimmune system boosters, and he's got products on there for kids. And during the pandemic, he was saving a lot of lives. And before we get to the show and introduce Mrs. Bram, I would like to play a video for you guys. Uh, some of you that may not have been on here with us as we were watching the hearing take place in Manhattan. You guys can get a little bit more familiarity with Mrs. Bram and what's going on in Manhattan. And now we'll play the video. Came into office, he was held, he was handed a strong trial ready murder case and gang assault case against all four of these individuals where this brutal, savage homicide was captured on video. He was handed a strong trial-ready case, ready to go to trial. As soon as he took office, the case immediately began to unravel. He dismissed, completely dismissed, gang assault, and murder indictments against two of the defendants clearly on video participating in the brutal, savage slaughter of my son. Mary Saunders, the sister involved in the homicide. He dismissed her indictment and recharged her with assault with a shoe and sentenced her to one year time served. And as far as the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, if he's receiving one penny of federal dollars, you need to pull that funding until he starts doing his damn job and prosecuting crime. I was totally disrespected. Me, my family, my grandchildren, we were treated like garbage. Like garbage. I've sat for four and a half years and saw mothers walk in and out. We have a mother sitting here right now whose son, two sons, one died and the other one is on the Kalaskopee bag. This is out of Darcel Clark's jury. 
of us. We don't give a damn about your politics. We don't care. It could be the man from the moon who's running for president, okay? As long as whoever's in there, it stands for law and order and is going to return some civility and sanity to our city. Thanks, Val. And now I would like to bring on Mrs. Bram. And Mrs. Bram, you brought the fire. I mean, when we watched that hearing, I got goosebumps and I was asking God, I said, Lord, Father God, please allow me to find Mrs. Bram. I have to bring her on this show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having a strong voice. Well, thank you so much for having me, first and foremost. Um, my name is Madeline Brame. I am the mother of Sergeant Hassan Korea. He's an Afghanistan war retired veteran, a father of three, a husband, just an amazing, heroic, outstanding young man. Um, I'm also a national crime victims rights advocate. Since this happened to my son, I was um, forced into this arena. This is not something that I would wish on anyone. Mothers across this country are unfortunately experiencing something that is so horrendous that you cannot even put into words. There's no words to describe it. So I do my best to be a voice for those that cannot speak for themselves because we're dealing with a criminal justice system, especially in um, urban communities, urban cities across this country where uh, <clears throat> there's nothing but lawlessness and godlessness. And then they put laws into place that make it easier for criminals to commit crime, for killers to kill, for thieves to steal, for rapists to rape, for child molesters to molest children with no consequences or no accountability. This journey started in 2018 where Hassan was murdered by four individuals. He didn't know nor had he done them any harm. Um, there was an altercation earlier in the evening where um, a person who was intoxicated punched Hassan's father in the face. Hassan's father is 61 years old and this was a younger man who did this. So my son Hassan beat him up. And this person went back and got these four individuals and told them that my son and his father jumped him, never saying the reason why he got beat up, that he um, was intoxicated and punched my son's father in the face. Anyway, <clears throat> these people, family, two brothers, a sister, and their friend, they're all between the ages of 35 and 40 years old. The two brothers, James and Christopher Saunders, are both repeat predicate violent felony offenders. Uh, Christopher was out on parole at the time for attempted murder on a police officer, so he had no business even being out. He had only been out for 18 months. James was a homicidal maniac. He's been in and out of, of the penitentiary since he's like 15 years old for stabbing people. That was his uh, weapon of choice, the knife. So 
uh, and the sister Mary, if it weren't for her holding Hassan and chasing him into the street, um, he would still be alive. If it had been just a one-on-one -on -one fight, Hassan could have defended himself. But because it was four with a knife against one in his hands, Hassan could not defend himself. So this case was uh, handled by the Manhattan District Attorney's Office when Cyrus Vance was in office. And we had um, old school, professional, hardcore assistant district attorneys who prepared this case, worked on it diligently for three years. And then when Alvin Bragg took office in 2020, or was it 2021? Yes, it was 2020. Um, the case immediately fell apart. He was handed a strong trial-ready murder case against all four of these people. There were never any plea deals on the table. There were never any offers on the table. It was <clears throat> all four were charged with first-degree gang assault, excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, first-degree gang assault and second-degree murder. There were no offers. When bail reform came into effect, they started playing with the bail for Mary Saunders because she had never been arrested before. Her bail was set at 750000 and they lowered the bail from seven fifty down to 12000 because language in that law says that they have to set a bail in which the family can afford without causing a hardship. So um, on Christmas Eve, uh, Mary walked out of Rikers Island, a free woman, and she never saw the inside of another jail cell again. Long story short, when Alvin Bragg got the case, he completely dismissed the gang assault and murder charges against Mary Saunders and Travis Stewart. Travis is their friend. Travis was sentenced to, uh, he pled guilty to attempted gang assault, and he was sentenced to seven years because he had a couple of priors. And Mary pled guilty to assault with a shoe and um, was sentenced to time served because she had served 14 months before she actually posted bail. So uh, Chris, Christopher Saunders went to trial in which, you know, I was able to see the video. And I have to tell you, I never saw Mary Saunders one time assault my son with a shoe. I saw her do everything but assault him with a shoe. Like I said, if it wasn't for her, Hassan would have been able to defend himself and get away while her brother was plunging his knife into his body nine times, then turned around and stabbed his father 12 times when he tried to come to Hassan's aid. So Excuse me for if I if I you know take deep breaths and pause because it was, no you're fine uh, you're fine yeah you know um it not only did it take almost five years for this to play out in court but every step of the way every step of the way I got no assistance from the district attorney's office I got no type of compassion actually me my family my grandchildren. Hassan were treated like we were the killers and the killers were the victims. They cared nothing about the struggles. They really cared nothing about even giving him justice. 
they were just looking to get rid of this murder case because they have murder cases sitting on the dockets in Manhattan Criminal Court dating back to 2015, where there are people sitting now in Rikers Island waiting to go to trial for six, seven, eight years. So because I put so much pressure and I got the media involved, a lot of media attention, I would go out in front of the courthouse with a bullhorn and a sign by myself. Rain, snow, shine, or blow, it didn't matter. And I would raise all kinds of cane out there. And the media, it got media attention. So if, if the pressure, pressure was not put on them like that, you know, um, this would have taken seven years to play out in court. They were not, they weren't in any rush. And then when Alvin Bragg came into office, you know, according to his day one memo, that he was no longer going to be prosecuting crime and low-level offenses. Well, low-level offenses also include murder. So he lied to us about that, and then he got the blowback and a pushback against it, and he tried to cover it up somehow. But I sat in that courtroom for years, and I watched people being brought in by the warrant squad who were let out and have five and six open warrants and walk right in and walk right back out. There was one man who came in. He had 12 counts of raping a child under the age of 11. And this man was in the street. And he was brought in by the warrant squad. And the judge said, okay, if you go to this program and you complete within one year, we'll dismiss all the charges. And he walked right back out. 11 charges, 11 or 12 counts of uh, raping a young child under the age of 11. So this is the kind of criminal element that we have walking the streets of New York City currently, on top of all the illegals that are in here, where we have no idea what they're capable of, where they're coming from, what they're running from. So it's a complete lie when they try to tell us that New York City is the safest city in the country. It's a lie. For someone who used to ride the subway every single day to work, I was also a victim of a crime on the subway. I was trampled by about 20 people who, other passengers who were running for someone with a gun. I hurt my back, I hurt my leg, I ended up in the hospital. And there's no one to hold accountable for these things. No one, they don't care. Then you have Daniel Penny, the Marine, who jumped into action when he saw other passengers and himself in danger, and now they want to treat him like he's a criminal. When Mr. Neely had no business even being out in the first place. He should have been in the hospital or in jail. And there are a thousand Mr. Neelys roaming the streets, walking up and down in the subways, threatening, harassing, interrogating, assaulting, robbing people every single day. That is going completely ignored. So this, this is why I fight. This is why I've taken the stand that I have. My voice has become a national, you know, a voice. It wasn't intentional. It wasn't intentional. It just is. Just is because the story is so compelling. And it's an honest assessment of what's actually happening here in New York City.
We have New York City Council that are all progressive. We have a mayor who is progressive and they don't believe in law and order. They don't believe in Christian values, strong conservative values. They have allowed and made it law for people just to act any old kind of way they feel like acting with no consequences and no accountability. They justify it by saying they have mental illness. So here we are today in 2023. I work with currently six other mothers of homicide victims who are all going through the same thing that I'm going through. So I would challenge any lawmaker, any progressive lawmaker who thinks that these policies that they put in place, bail reform, raise the age, less is more, elder parole, clean slate. <clears throat> I would challenge any one of them to take a, a trip down to the morgue with one of these mothers when they are called to identify their child's dead body or go to one of their funerals while they're leaning into their casket. Hysterical, heartbroken. I challenge them to go and experience that and tell me if it's just our perception and if it's not real or not. There are no services for crime victims. They give each parent $3,000 towards funeral costs when a funeral costs 10,000 and more. So this is why you see families putting up GoFundMes, putting jars in the bodega to get money from the community to help them pay to bury their child. Also, the community is directly responsible <clears throat> for what's going on in their community. Because number one, they're not standing up and speaking up and speaking out against it. You have the Al Sharptons of the world, who, this is a rich black man in a suit. Instead of standing up and telling the people to stop killing one another, to end black on black crime now, He's blaming everything on the white cop and the white man and slavery. I would tell those people, I would tell Al Sharpton to stop chasing the ghost of slavery past. Stop chasing the ghost. You're not doing the community any service. They're gatekeepers. Our whole entire city council is black. And they're sitting up there trying to tell poor black people the best we could do for you is dilapidated housing, failing schools, crime, abortion, safe injection sites, crack pipe vending machines, poverty, unemployment. This is the best we could do for you. Instead of using their platform and their influence to help people raise themselves up out of poverty and to help our young people avoid incarceration. They're doubling down on the narrative. So which brings me to the next phase of my process is I am looking to throw my hat in the ring to run for Congress. Hasn't been narrowed down yet exactly what seat that I'm running for, but I am in contact and in communication with um, some people who um, are supportive of me and they're going to guide me. But I'm looking to go to Congress 
to try to help pass some legislation that's going to actually uplift, inspire, and help the poor black, brown, Asian, white, Jewish community. Because we are the ones that are being ignored and left behind and neglected. We pay taxes too. We vote too. We're law abiding as well. So, you know, um, in closing, I would just like everybody to know that you can support me by going to any one of my social media pages. They're all under my name, Madeline Brain. I also have a GoFundMe. You can go and donate to that because running for office is going to need financial support. However, my motivation is not money. My motivation is to begin to change the narrative in minority communities. To begin to change the mind, the hearts and minds of the people and bring us back to our roots, our strong, wholesome, conservative values where we believe in God and the nuclear family and country, the things that made us strong, the things that make America great. Thank you. You're welcome. And um, <clears throat> Congress needs you. If, if you listen to how they use um, the African-American men and women on the left in a lot of those hearings that we have been watching, they need a conservative black voice like yours that will definitely put these folks in their place. And if I lived in New York, trust me, you would definitely have my vote. Just thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Like, thank you. Because I'm biracial, I'm half black, and we need more voices like yours. We need more people that are not infiltrated, that is not traitors, that is not taking the money and sitting there and, and just being a pawn. You know, we need more legit, strong voices. And I really appreciate you so much. Thank you. You know, and, and I'm, I'm noticing, you know, I try to stay out of the political fray as much as possible, but it's virtually impossible. It's virtually impossible. Once you go down this road, it's all political. However, at the end of the day, a criminal doesn't ask a person what political party they belong to before they decide to stab them to death or push them in front of a train or rape them or rob them. They don't, care, they don't care about political affiliation. They don't care who's the president. They don't care who's the mayor. They don't care none about any of that. So this, this is what people need to begin to think about. They need to begin to really look at the man in the mirror and really begin to ask themselves, what am I doing here? Why am I continuing to vote this way for generations, because I'm a 40-year Democrat, just turned conservative. I voted for Trump in 2020 as a Democrat. But then I changed my party affiliation to conservative. 
because I'm from a Republican family. That was one of the requirements in my house. You graduate from school, when you turn 18, you go vote. My mother didn't tell us who to vote for, but she told us that that was our responsibility. If you wanna work, if you wanna eat, you work. There is no staying home, laying around. If you're not going to college, the men especially, go to the military. My family dates all the way back to the Buffalo Soldiers as far as being, you know, um, military. Two of my sons, one currently is in Fort Bragg. He's a paratrooper, 82nd Airborne. He'll turn 21 next week. And he's doing extremely well. And this is some of the things that we need to filter down to our young people that live in the hood. You wanna play with guns? Put on a uniform. Learn how to use it, train, earn some real badges of honor. Learn how to use the big guns to kill the bad guys instead of killing each other. You know, and that's, that's the speech I gave to both my boys, to Sergeant Hassan and my son Ayumi. And it resonates, the light bulb went off. You know, and then it's the opportunity to get out of the hood. So as a candidate, I will be um, introducing some strategies, some ideas, hoping to get some support from, for, for things that I know would immediately help the community. You know, people who want it will have to work for it. They'll have to work for it. You know, I, I know that Trump had a, uh, that platinum plan exclusively for minority communities. So I, I think that would be an excellent thing for him to um, continue to build on if he's looking for that black vote because that's the key to the win. Because a lot of the black community haven't voted in years. It's not that they're not registered to vote. They just don't believe that their vote counts because they've been conditioned to believe that Republicans are racist when in all actuality is the other way around. So it will take a boots on the ground. It will take a boots on the ground effort. Yeah, man, you, you know, you nailed so many powerful things and, and I'm so, well, I'm just so thankful right now because I'm going to be sharing this with a lot of my family. And <laughs> you're so right. You know, Trump bringing back the opportunity zones. And on top of it, what's lacking in the black community is job creation. You know, you exactly. have these Democrats and these Democrat ran places. They don't want to give a tax break. And then when you look at Republican counties and, and places, if a major company wants to come in their community, they give them a tax break because that's going to employ that community and it's going to help that community grow. And for what I try to tell a lot of my black family and friends is look around. What is the problem? Exactly. They're lacking in this education and they took the jobs and sent them to China and down at the poverty in the black community 
and it's the same ones that did it is trying to tell black people that white people are racist and yep. Republicans are racist. Uh-huh. And and it's that illusion. And, and you nailed so many things, Ms. Brand. Even when we watched that hearing when you sat in front of Congress in Manhattan and you're telling you're you're telling the story about your son. And just like you said in that video. This is not about politics. We don't give a damn who's president as long mm-hmm. as you're standing for law and order. Mm-hmm. And then you had Schumer that had the nerve to say that New York has the lowest crime rate in history. Schumer's I mean, lying. Chuck Schumer is an old relic, okay? He's been, he's had the, the, the communities like, you know, Jamaica and Harlem and all those places, all the black communities. He's had them on lock for generations, throwing him crumbs. Nonprofit industry is a huge industry here in New York, all right? Funneling billions and billions of our tax dollars through these nonprofit agencies, health and human services, the welfare system, okay? Throwing crumbs. The people are afraid to go against it because they're afraid they're gonna lose something. They're afraid they're gonna lose their benefits. You know what I say? I say take the benefits unless you're willing to work for it. Either you sink or swim. Time to, I'm not going to cuss. I was getting ready to cuss, but I'm not, okay? Either you you do what you got to do, either you do what you got to do or you get off the pot. Chuck Schumer, all those old timers that have been in there for 40, 50 years, Jerry Nadler, they need to go. It's time to go. We need some strong conservative voices in there. And, and, and the, uh, the, New York, the New York Young Republicans, Black Republicans, the Black Caucus, okay, the Frederick Douglass Republicans. It's a whole generation of them that are just being raised up, just being grown. All right, these are young, savvy, smart. They're not just black, they're from all races, but they're conservatives. And we're making some really strong moves here in New York City. We had the the whole um, Blexit event here a couple of weeks ago when Kansas was supposed to come. And they shut it down. They, they, uh, the progressives, contacted the senator, contacted the venue, and told them that we were racist, we were homophobic, right? That we were against LGBTQ. And they canceled the venue on us three days before the event. But you know what? We found another venue right there in Queensbridge Projects, one of the worst projects in New York City, in Queens. And we walked into the middle of those projects, invited those people to our event. And over 300 of them showed up. Wow. And they've never heard a message like that before. And they want us to come back. Please come back. Please come back. You know? So people are hungry. People are hungry to hear something different. And you know, we're, we're visual people, right? You could talk all day till you're blue in the face. It's either put up or shut up. 
People want to see what they're getting in return for their vote. That's why they don't vote, because they don't see anything they're getting in return for their vote. And this is before they actually cast their vote. You got to show up. You got to be present. You got to bring something to the community, a barbecue, something. And that's just the way it is. And that's the problem with a lot of Republicans. A lot of Republicans are afraid to go into black communities. They're afraid of the people. And they'll never win that way. They will never win. What's funny is we had uh, Joe Collins on here and um, Jerome Bell. And there was a similar conversation that took place on that as well. You know, a lot of the Republicans don't go to black communities mm-hmm. because they're scared, yeah. you know, but scared. <laughs> if, if they went there and reached out and showed them some genuine love, mm-hmm. they would get so much support, you know, and yeah. I'm, I mean, I, I grew up, I grew up in the inner city when I was younger and, and coming out to the suburbs to where, you know, I can relate to the inner city because they're, they feel like they're just left behind and there's no one coming there trying to fix the problem. And then their their brain is so messed with, they can't see past the illusion and lies. And the the important people are not really going there to help them understand and see past the lie of the Democrat Party. And you're absolutely right. And I can't wait for you to run for Congress because you're going to have nothing but my support here. And I just want to give a big shout out to Marshall for Marshall putting us in contact with each other. Um, th- you know what, Ms. Graham, you can come on here anytime because I felt like we were just in Sunday church. You oh were dropping some fire. <laughs> I took you to church. <laughs> you took me to you. T- I think you took the whole ch- you took the whole chat to church. Oh my goodness! <laughs> but you this know, needed I, to be I, said. I just need to be able to be myself and be authentic. Um, I'm not trying to be packaged. I'm not trying to be branded. I'm not trying to do. Just let me be who I am. Just let me be who I am. Because I have life experiences that millions and millions of people can actually relate to and identify with. You know, I don't I don't bring a bunch of political correctness. I don't bring a bunch of pomp and circumstances. I'm just a regular old person. I have a regular nine to five. I'm a poor working black woman is what I am. So. And you know, and that's what people want, you know, yeah. um, there's so many people out there that I, that I get in conversations with and they're, oh, I don't like how Trump talks. That's not presidential. <laughs> okay. And it's like, let me tell you something. I want someone genuine like you. I want someone genuine like Trump. I want someone that is not intelligent, but is intelligent enough to have enough balls and know how to get shit back put in place. I don't want no fake giving me some words from the dictionary, mm. wearing a nice suit, uh, trying to play, <laughs> like you said, branded. No yep. more, we don't want no more political branded people. Yep. We want real homegrown people like yourself. That's right. You know? And it's so unfortunate 
of how I got here. But God makes no mistakes. He makes no mistakes. What the devil meant for, for bad, God is absolutely and is will absolutely turn it into the good for millions of other people. And although I am extremely heartbroken over the murder of my son, however, my son was brave. He was courageous. He was a hero. He received and he returned enemy fire on the Taliban. He has two or more kills on the battlefield and wore the badges of honor to prove it. So he had no fear. And I'd like to think that he got that from me. You know, that's something that, you know, my genes passed down to him. And he fought to his very last breath. And so I will fight to mine for my grandchildren and for all the fatherless little boys and girls. When after 20 years in New York, because that's all they're given for murder, is there's a cap on murder, 20 years. They can sleep 20 years away. A career criminal can sleep 20 years away. Wait, 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 wait. Is a Did cap you on just murder. say the cap for murder is 20, 20 years, years in New York? 20 years. Alvin Bragg. Are you serious? I'm serious. Wow. Black 20. Yep. And with elder parole, depending on how old they are during that 20 years, I think at 60, it's either 55 or 60, they, they'll be paroled out. So they won't even do the whole 20 years. They may do 15. Our children are dead forever. That's one of the things, one of the pieces of legislation that I want to fight for in Congress. You take a life, you do life. In all kinds of states, a bunch of states, all across the United States, capital murder is life without the possibility of parole. Texas. We need to bring that here in New York. That will be a sure deterrent for people thinking that it's nothing to take a life. And it will definitely bring justice and closure to the families of those homicide victims. You know, I actually wish we had the death penalty here. But because of, of liberals and because of the Demo democratic establishment, they think it's too harsh. How is that too harsh? When a person took the life of another human being. You know? So yeah, that's the cap. Right. That's the cap. 20 years. Wow, that's that's uh that's yeah. insane. You know, um <laughs> thank God they don't have that in place in places like Wisconsin mm -hmm. and, and, and Chicago or Illinois. I mean, um People would take advantage of that. They'll just, you know, these gangs that have probably some little 15, 16 year old person mm -hmm. just go out there and start killing people because they'll be out, what, when they're 36? <laughs> I mean, wow. And then they have raised the I age. Believe it. Then they have raised the age. If they're not 18 or older, even if they do kill somebody, okay, they will not be charged as an adult. You got to be 18 or over to be oh, charged wow. as an adult, murder or not. You know, and, and, and a good friend of mine, you know, what's funny is um, when we were watching your hearing, because we stream all the hearings on here, and uh, I think it was Schumer, 
or Nadler, one of those clowns Nadler. said, oh, Nadler. oh, he's like, New York has the lowest crime rate ever. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, what? I'm like, yeah. after all the videos we're watching, young people walking down the street, blasting old people in their face, people getting stabbed and beat up on the subway. A good friend of mine that's on the chat right now takes taxi cabs because he refuses to go on the subway and tells uh -huh. me how dangerous it is in the city. And I'm like, how is this man sitting up there going to sit up there and lie like that in front of your face after your son was murdered and yep. the other witnesses that were on that stand? This man is, <laughs> I mean, where do you get such ignorance the to do that? The balls to do that. Mm -hmm. That's because they're very far removed from it. All right. They don't think it's real because it does not affect them. They're outside of the realm. They wouldn't step foot in the communities that this stuff is happening in. Now, you know, we, we cannot continue to blame their ignorance, right, on the ignorance that's happening in our own community amongst our own people. And, and that's one of the things that's, that's going to be part of my platform. I'm going to speak directly to the people in my community. You know, and I'm going to not make them look at themselves, but encourage them and prompt them to take a look at themselves because I'm going to tell them the truth. As simple as that. I'm going to tell them the truth. And I speak their language. Not everybody can speak their language. I can say a lot of things that even a white Democrat can't say. I can speak truth to my community and people won't get offended. People will agree with me. So, you know, um, we need to look at what's going on within the four walls of our home. That's where this stuff begins and ends. What are we exposing our children to? Because the, the criminals are getting younger and younger. You know, are we twerking? You know, is, is our right. focus on is our focus on eyelashes and turn it up and, and you know, weaves and you know, boyfriends and all that? Is that what our focus is on? And neglecting our kids, ignoring our kids? You know, uh, uh, do we know who their friends are? Are we going down to the school, to the PTA meetings? We find out how our kids are doing in school. That type of stuff. Are we supporting them, encouraging them in whatever they're good at? Are we sacrificing? Are we making the sacrifices that we need to make? I'm going to get really up close and personal. And that's yeah, what needs there's... to happen. That's what needs to happen. That's so true. I mean, you just you just nailed one thing that I can um I definitely can relate to uh with my family. And um all I gotta say is there's a lot of cycles that need to be broken in the in the, the black community, the the household, because from celebrities, from these these cabal people have created in the brains of black people to think that this is black culture. Mm. 
having rappers wear skinny jeans. I mean, in the 90s, a man could not go to school wearing some tight skinny jeans or oh. you're going to go home with your feelings hurt. Yep. And your, your pants your pants hanging off your butt. Right. And in, in prison, I mean, they'll tell you a guy that walks around in prison with their pants down means that they are available. And That's these young right. dudes don't realize that. And these older... Uh, people that's been in prison for a long time will say these young people come in there and they learn the hard way and mm -hmm. um they're they're not gonna they're not gonna loosen up on them you know but when you brought up that turkey thing it's been i don't even know how i got normalized i mean when i was younger it was normal like going to family functions you know they're sitting there telling the little kids i'll go go keisha there, it's your birthday, yeah. and, and yeah. the little kids just sitting it's there talking while the grown <laughs> folks is watching this, and it's like now once you once you break out of that that um that calcification, you sit back now and you're like, wow, that cycle is so yeah. dangerous, and it's normalized, and you you just touched on some really key things. You know, them cycles need to be broken. And I can't, I can't wait for you to run for Congress. I can't wait to watch you. Who then uncle like me? <laughs> no, nah, but, but it's good. needed. It's yeah, needed. I, I don't need I don't need them to like me. Just just listen. Just open your ears. That's all. <laughs> right. That's all. And and I, I think a lot of people in the in the black community they're starting to awaken. You know, they're yeah. starting to see. You know, after Trump kind of showed a, a really good America. And it was needed for him to disappear for uh, sleepy, whatever you want to call him, to pull that yeah. rug from under their feet. Because now they're sitting there like, wait a minute. I thought he was going to help the black people. I thought Obama was going to help the black people. Now it's yeah. getting to the point where they're realizing, wait a minute, something ain't right here. They are now all getting something ain't right here. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Absolutely true. You know, as quiet as this cat, a lot of uh, black and brown people are just tuned out, all right? They're so distraught, they're, they're so traumatized that they're, they're completely tuned out to what's happening politically. But where they are tuned in is their pocketbook. Right. The way the paycheck used to laugh from paycheck to paycheck. Now it's running out three days before the next paycheck. And you're couch sur surfing for change, all right? You're digging in the bottom of your bag for change to try to make it to the next payday. So this is where our community is suffering the most. It, it's done very, it was done very subtly because as long as we can go to work and we made enough money to make ends meet and we can pay our bills, we know that there's another paycheck coming, all right, the next day. But now we have to live three days before we can see another paycheck. And that's where the added stress comes in. People afraid that they're going to not make their car note, pay their car insurance. Okay, the kid might have something coming up at school where it costs money. 
and the mother doesn't have the money because she don't get paid until three days later. Whereas three years ago, the same money used to cover everything and it would last from paycheck to paycheck. This is how real this is. You know, people are literally counting their pennies. Going in their jar, their money jar, and emptying out the money jar, getting the silver, the quarters, the nickels, the dimes. Now that those are all spent, now the people are taking their pennies to the coin star and putting them through the machine to get cash. Little things that we didn't pay attention to, that we more or less took for granted. People are starting to notice that. Wait a minute. Bill time is coming up already? Oh my God, I just paid that bill. Getting cut off notices and all kinds of stuff. Right, and before you know it, those Democrats want them to get rid of those gas stoves so there ain't gonna be no more fried chicken. Sure. Who can afford those electric stoves? They're dangerous. I have one in my apartment Exactly. I have one in my apartment now, all right? I'm scared to use it. They're dangerous. You know? So they're trying to do everything. And speaking of, of what's gonna happen next, People worrying about Trump and what he did three, four years ago. They need to be worrying about who bought that cocaine in the White House. Okay? (laughs) Because because there's a cover-up, there might be a law put in place where it's going to be legal for our children, our grandchildren to smoke crack. To cover it up. I don't put nothing past them. Nothing. You know, if it was 10 years ago, I probably would have called you crazy. But <laughs> I totally agree with truth. you right now. It's the damn truth to cover it up. Right. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it, 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 things are just out of control here. Things are out of control. And, and people just really need to um, begin to vote differently. It's time for black and brown people to leave the plantation of the Democratic Party. It really is. Um. It's time for people to really start standing up and be a part of the change instead of sitting back complaining about it. You know, stop voting for people just because they're black. Because all black folk ain't kin folk. So. You know, Ms. Bram, I, I really appreciate you coming on with us. I know we're approaching an hour now, and um, I definitely would love to have you on again once you get once you get all yourself structured for yeah. running for Congress. I definitely would love to bring you back on it and really help Absolutely. push to get you in office because New York is uh, one of them places that we we really need change, and California is another one. Um, Chicago. Yeah, I mean, but St. Louis. Well, you know, Chicago, New York, Baltimore. and California are the major players because once those three states starts to do things, mm-hmm. the other states seem to follow. Like, yeah, once New York does something, Chicago does it, and then my state, Wisconsin, will follow. And mm-hmm. it's like we definitely need New York and California really switched around because yeah. The way it's going, it's very dangerous. 
It is. It is. It is. You know, nobody's safe. Even those ones that think that they're safe. They're not safe either. Okay? Right. Because once, once the thieves steal everything that the poor people have, they're going to go to where, to the rich people, where they have something to steal. Okay? Right. They're going to go to the zip codes where they think that they're far removed and they're out of reach and they're out of touch. That's where they're going to go. I mean, what's to stop them? There's no deterrent. No, there's no consequences, no accountability. So what's to stop them? Nothing. And and it's sad. It's sad to even say that. And it probably still won't change because they, they just don't have the political will or the political appetite to change these failed policies. I mean, they, they threw billions and billions of dollars at it. The money's already spent. And then on top of it, they got good cops leaving the force because they can't even do their jobs because of people like Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson making their life, their life a living hell. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be an um, NYPD. I wouldn't be a New York City cop. I've seen stuff happen with my own eyes where they actually literally get beat up out there. And they're afraid to pull the taser. They're afraid to, to, to hold them a certain way. All that. They're afraid to cuff them too tight. And all you have is people standing around filming it. What did he do? What did he do? He had to do something for the cop to be chasing him like that. And then, of course, the, the perp, they're putting on a show. I can't breathe. Oh, you're going to break my arm. But you were just tough a minute ago when you were telling the cop to, 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 to do you know what? And calling them all kinds of names. There's no respect for the NYPD here. None. I would never be a New York City cop. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. It used to be an honorable, respectable, you know, job. Not anymore. They look like suckers out there. They look like, you know, uh, what do you call them cops? Uh, runner cops? Yeah, um, like store cops, the store security. <laughs> security <cops>. <laughs> right, yeah, you know. <laughs> with and with a billy club, they can't use their, their taser, they can't use their gun, they can't use their nightstick, they can't use their cuffs. So their hands are literally tied. That's why they turn their back. They don't even respond. They come after. They're responsive. They're no more intervention or prevention. They come after it's over to clean up the dead body, to scrape the body off the sidewalk. You know? But that's the environment that was created with all the AOCs of the world, with the defund the police nonsense, the Black Lives Matter Crap, we didn't ask for that. We didn't ask for that. We need the police in our community. We want the police in our community. Senior citizens scared to death on the third of the month when they get their little social security check. Scared to death to go down to the grocery store. Something they've been doing for years. 
Look forward to the third, especially in the summertime. Say, go out and get some fresh air. They're scared to death that they're going to be robbed when they go to the ATM to get their money. Nobody should have to live like that. You know, these are real issues. Real down and dirty raw issues that people are dealing with on a daily basis that is going completely ignored. And those are the things that upset me because it's being ignored. And real people are being affected. So. You you dropped so much. Uh, I'm telling you, I can't wait for when you campaign for that position in Congress um, because that is really going to help a lot of people in the black community, they're going to be able to relate to that. That That's uh-huh. going to help open their eyes because this is nothing that even, even the, let's just say the traders that they use that are black individuals on the Democrat party, they don't even come real with them. They just tell them how racist the Republicans yep. is and yep. they're going to make life better. They don't really come on the level of nope. real genuine things of what you just dropped. Mm-hmm. about the first of the month check and these people can't even come out their house to go get nothing nice or go get some food because the crime is so bad out there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um that that was powerful you know I, i'll definitely love to see someone like you running for congress in new york and make cops want to be cops again in new york and, and bring right. back that that safe giuliani ran mm. i love I love Rudy. And also Governor Pataki. They were partners. They went hand in hand. You know, um, Pataki tackled that that uh that drug addiction, the crack era. Okay. He um he's the one who initiated the uh alternatives to incarceration, where if a person was committing crime because they had a crack habit, you know, or you know, drug habit, alcohol habit. They, he would send them away to 18 to 24 month inpatient drug treatment programs where people got real help and are still clean to this day. Hundreds and thousands of people, lives were saved. Hundreds of thousands, along with the broken windows. You know, and, and wow. that's what needs to come back. That's what needs to come back. And a little self-disclosure, a little self-disclosure, I am a recipient. I'm a recipient of Governor Pataki's alternative to incarceration uh, program. I've been clean for about 30 years. That's powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I I went to a long-term inpatient program called Samaritan Village, upstate New York. I mean, good, clean air, good food, good rest. Good treatment. You have to remove a person from the environment. You can't expect a drug have a drug addict to put it down just because you know you you said it's bad. No. And then you can't put safe injection sites. Give them, make it easier for them. Enable them. Crack pipe vending machines. And guess where they put those? All in the black communities, along with the legal marijuana dispensaries, along with the whoa, liquor wait, stores. Wait, wait. You guys have crack pipe venomous machines. True story. <laughs> oh, wow. True story. 
Wow. That's Mayor Adams. This is what his wow. best thinking, that's what his best thinking has got New York. The safe injection sites where a heroin addict can go inside the site, okay, and get free of uh, clean needles and they, they give you a nice clean cushy spot to shoot your heroin up. Wow. And you know, that's when New York was really, really terrible when you watched the movie American Gangster with Frank Lucas on the yes. heroin epidemic. Yes. And they're just bringing it yeah. back. What? The, what? They're bringing it back. You know, double whammy. Double whammy. Double barrel. Heroin and crack. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So we got zombies. We got zombies walking around on the heroin and the fentanyl. And then we got crackheads. Those are the ones that are doing all the robberies and the, uh, the, the, petty, the petty larcenies. Robbing all the CVSs and all the drugstores and all that. Wow. Can you do me a favor? Whenever you see that crack pipe venom machine, if you can send me a picture of that, because uh, if yeah, I told I'll send somebody, it to you. they wouldn't believe me. They're not going <laughs> to believe it. <laughs> it's true. Wow. And what's funny is they put it up one day and it was robbed clean the next day. Oh my goodness, this is the truth. I gotta find wow. it. It was, you know, it was in the New York Post. Yeah. <laughs> before you know it, they're gonna have all types of drugs in them venom machines. I mean, okay. I don't know what the hell is wrong with these clowns representing the people. I mean. They just straight up lied when they took their oath of office. They're not trying to serve the better of the people. That is insane. Yeah, it is. Then you have prosecutors who are refusing to prosecute crime. That is a complete violation of their oath of office and also dereliction of duty. You know, I filed my complaint against Alvin Bragg to, to Letitia Gaines, the attorney general of New York. She kicked it back and said, I don't know what to tell you. We can't help you. Hire, wow. hire, a, personal, hire a personal attorney. Yes, you I know, and that's so disrespectful. I complained to the ethics committee. How do you dismiss murder and gang assault charges against two people who, who are clearly on video participating in the murder of someone? How do you dismiss that? And then on top of it, they're so disrespectful. They're disrespecting a veteran that took an oath to protect exactly. them and everyone else in the state of New York. Exactly. The least they could do is show some respect to his oath and prosecute these people to the fullest. I mean, exactly. that's that's a damn shame. They, they identified my son as a fictional character in that courtroom. Don't pay attention to the deceased. He's a fictional character. The most important people are these people sitting right here, the defendants, the killers. What? Yes. And the judge let that stand. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I yes. Wow. And this was the defense's instruction to the jury to forget about that person you see laying up on that slab with nine stab wounds in his body, all over his body. Forget about him. He doesn't exist. He's fictional. 
The most important people are the ones who did it. And we must protect their rights. You know? And I had to Damn. sit through that. I had to sit through that. And couldn't say a word. Yep. So. Wow, I give you a lot of respect. Uh, I give you a lot of respect for being strong because um, I think a lot of people would have would have made matters worse with something like that. That that's crazy. I, I can't believe. Well, I can believe how out of control it is out there in the state of New York. Yeah. I mean. That's insane. True story. They ha they have no respect for not for your son's not. service. Not just me. Any any homicide case, any victim that come across those courtrooms or come across the district attorney's office, Manhattan, Bronx, Queens, Brooklyn, all of them are progressive restorative justice district attorneys. They don't believe in prosecuting criminals. Victims are collateral damage. And that's it. That's it. You know, that's why, um, like you said early on, God turns bad things into good. Absolutely. We had a, a gentleman on here. His daughter was murdered by a mm -hmm. hospital. He's now suing the hospital. Mm -hmm. um, and now he's advocating for other people's medical rights. There was a gentleman that almost got murdered like his daughter. He saved that man from being murdered like his daughter. Mm. He's now giving, uh, he's now educating people on what they should do so they're not stuck in a situation like that, which, you know, we all seen that situation occur throughout this whole country during the pandemic. And just like he's been activated by God from a tragic situation, you are now being activated by God from a tragic situation. And it's like in certain wars, it's God doesn't use the righteous. Ooh. You know, these people that are going to church every Sunday and they're judging people in the church, but then they're trying to act like holy rollers. He doesn't use them. He uses the people that has convictions, those people that really want to have a second chance of changing their life and doing better things. He uses them because they have the drive to go in the middle of that battle because they've been in so many different battles and fire pits and walked on, walked on glass, walked on fire. Um, he knows they're going to be the warriors that are going to be the, the ones to take the challenge. So it's an honor and a pleasure to have you on here. I mean, you came on here and brought the fire. You brought us to church. <laughs> I can't wait to bring you on once you solidify that you're running for Congress because we need more missed brains running for Senate, for Congress, aldermen, mayors, people that are going to stand up against the establishment and like That's them right. clowns that you sat in front of during that uh, hearing and they kept uh, saying the Republicans are trying to do this for a political stunt for Donald Trump 
blah 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 and then when you you killed them when you said listen we don't give a damn about trump right we ain't talking about trump we ain't talking about politics we're talking about what's going on in our community that's right and all i just want to say miss bram we need more people like you i know we're going over an hour now i don't know if you want to go into q a if there's anything else sure. you want to let let the audience know please do so and then we can go into q a I just want to tell you, you brought the fire, and I love the crap out of you. Thank you so much. If if there are any um, unfortunate crime victims um, out there that are listening, please um, hit me up on social media, inbox me, send me a message, something. If you if you need help navigating the court system, if you need um, answers, direction, what's going to happen next, next steps. Or just somebody to talk to. Please reach out to me. Um, anytime and you got an huh? email you can provide for them as well? Yes. At the, that's at lowercase, my last name, B, like boy, R-A-M, like Mary, E, the number 925 at gmail.com. Awesome. Please, please reach out. You know, um, we all need support. I know that this is a very lonely and we don't think that nobody understands or nobody can relate and there is no help. There is help. Even if it's just somebody on the other end of the phone to listen, who understands, who's been there, done that. So please reach out. Do not be silent. Um, do not hold it in because it can lead to all kinds of other trauma and all kinds of physical problems and different things like that. So reach out. I'm here to offer a helping hand. And okay. Ms. Bram, we do have someone that has a question for you. Okay. All right, Jeff, your mic is on mute. Jeff, your mic is unmuted. You can ask your question. Can you hear me now, Mike? Loud and clear. Okay. I got a question for your guest speaker, but I just got here, so I don't know what all has been discussed. Uh, I, I, I want to ask her about licensure, about what how she feels about the kind uh, the constitutionality of licensure? Well, unfortunately, I don't even know what that is. What is, what is that? Please explain. You, try to drive down the street without getting pulled over and not having a driver's oh, license. Okay. How do I and, feel about that? Yes. You know, it, 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 it's a rule. It's a law. It's a law. You know, people should not be driving without a driver's license because there are other people on the road and they can, yep. they could be a danger to themselves or others. Yeah. But how, how do you feel about the fact that the United States Supreme court has ruled over so many times that they won't even hear the case anymore, that you don't need a license to drive because it's a right guaranteed by the constitution. There wasn't even driving. What were they driving back then? Horse and buggy? I'm talking about right now, ma'am. Yeah, I know. I, I know what you are, but 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 the Constitution was, 
you know, written at a time where there wasn't even automobiles, right? Well, we we really don't know that, but it, but we're talking about licensing all kinds of life. Let's talk about plumber's license, uh, every kind of license you can imagine. Do you know where the where the whole concept of licensing came from? Well, I think the consumer would want to know that a person is licensed. You know, um, if if I'm hiring a plumber or an electrician or you know. Um, a contractor. I would like to know that they're licensed so that I know that I'm getting a job done by a professional, someone who is trained and licensed to do the job. So I, I think that falls more in the line of consumer protections. Huh. Oh, oh, okay. I thank but, you for your... Go ahead. But tonight speaking, Jeff, uh, Miss Brame's son was murdered. He's an ex-veteran. In the military, she oh. sat before Congress uh-huh. in a hearing. So that that was tonight speaking. Okay, I keep my mouth shut. I appreciate it, oh, and thank sorry. you. Did I answer thank- your question, Jeff? I hope I gave you, you know, my yeah. layman's yeah. term of what I think that it is. Yeah. Yes, ma'am, and I'm very sorry for your loss. Thank, thank you. you so much. All right, if anybody else has a question, if you press that middle button, uh, we can see your hand raised and call upon you. If anybody else has a question, if any admins has a question and would like to speak with Ms. Bram right now, I mean, go ahead. Hi, Ms. Bram. I have something. Hi, how Uh, are you? I'm I'm okay. You know, it's funny though. I was feeling kind of tired tonight, and man, you woke me up. You're on really? fire. I love you. Um, I wish there were more um, people like your like you. I'm sorry if you're lost for the reason that this brought the fire out in you, but I have a feeling that's always been there. Um, but what do you think? Do you have anyone in New York that you support that's doing anything good from a you know, politician oh, standpoint? God. Absolutely. Uh, well, you know, we do have what's his name. There's there's a few. There's a few that are in Albany. Um, we, we have Robert Holden. He's the city council. We have Vicky Palladino. She's a, a congresswoman. We have um, uh, Maliatakis. She's pretty good. Uh, and Robert Holden is actually a Democrat, but he seems to be a moderate. And he speaks out, you know, and um, I've been to a few events with him where he spoke at my event and I spoke at his event. So we, we um, he speaks out against the bail reform laws and the crime and the, the different uh, drag story hours and different things like that. So he's pretty good. Then we have um, one or two in Albany that um, I think are outspoken because that's what I look for. I look for the outspokenness. I look for people who are willing to put their, you know, um, political aspirations and careers on the line and speak and go against the establishment. That's what I look for. I'm not looking for someone who is just going to be like March of the Wooden Soldiers and just fall in line and sit back and don't say anything and act like they don't see, hear, know nothing. 
um, Michael Frazier. I think he's just a correspondent, though. Um, not a correspondent, a um, senior staff to Bob Frazier. Uh, so, yeah, th there are a few, not many. There are a handful. There, there are, you know, a few. John Salka. I like, uh, he just won the district attorney of Suffolk County. What's his name? I don't know if you're familiar with New York and different counties, but, uh, dang, I forgot his name. I wish, I really wish that Lee Zeldin had won the governorship. I was out there on the campaign trail with him. He's a really, uh, uh, genuine, sincere stand-up guy. Um, he, he would have made a one hell of a governor for New York. And what's ironic is that in a mostly blue state, he came, Kathy Hochul beat him by the skin of her teeth, literally. She just beat him. So, you know, that in itself should be waking up the Democratic Party, that people are really, really beginning to wake up and starting to walk away from the Democratic Party. And I think that the next major election that we have here, um, we're going to, it's going to blow people's wigs back. It's going to blow their mind. And the presidential, you know, election, that is going to shock people. You know, because there's a whole demographic of uh, proud black conservatives rising up, like I was sharing earlier. And a lot of people are walking away from the plantation of the Democratic Party. A lot are. You know? Thank you. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, even just like, you know, just to be a, a conservative patriot that loves family and country. That's all, right? I mean, that to uh -huh. me is really important. Uh-huh. You know, and those are the values. Those are, are the, the good, strong, con wholesome conservative values. God, family, and country. You know, the things that made us great. That nuclear family is so very important. So very important. That, that was the fabric that held our communities together, that nuclear family. And when it was dismantled is when our, our whole communities began to fall apart. So we want to focus more on that. Um, we want to try to get rid of abortion. We may not be able to get rid of abortion, but we can definitely educate our girls, you know, because um, abortion is just the complete genocide of the black baby in the womb through abortion you know so we want to try to educate our girls on that absolutely thanks for joining us tonight i really i mean i really love you and you really you're on fire i love it thank you so much i appreciate it god bless you Miss Brand, it looks like that'll be it for tonight. Uh, I want to okay. thank you for joining us. That was uh, that was fire. Um, it was a while ago. I had Black Voices of America. I'm I'm looking to put another show together, uh, uh -huh. the Black Conservative Voices, uh -huh. and I definitely would love to have you on for that. I'm going to be working on that. And I I'll mean, I can actually touch. connect you to some people. I can connect you to some people here on the East Coast. You know, on or, or in the Northeast, okay, that are definitely um, a voice to be reckoned with on the Black conservative side. 
Absolutely. I'll stay in touch with you and then yeah. we can get that all figured out and I'll send a date and we can get that one on the road because yeah, there needs to be more discussions like this. There needs uh -huh. to be more black conservatives that is very outspoken like you that is not politically correct. That's right. That frankly can talk the language. And, and right. when you said talk the language, I already knew what you were talking about. Yeah. I mean, I can talk the language as well, but uh -huh. When it when when it's someone that's running for a political position, mm -hmm. they first of all they have to be genuine, they have to be serious, and they have to be looking to make a change. But you also have to talk the language because if you ain't talking the language, these folks are gonna stay on the plantation that's and they're right. gonna vote for these clowns that ain't doing nothing but keeping a system in play to keep them where they're at. So we need more people like you. And I'm so happy to hear that you're going to be running for Congress. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Listen, one last question before we go. Do you or do you have any information on how I can get in touch with those Blacks for Trump group? They're rising uh, up. You know, I do know some people. Um, I okay. can work on that. I can okay. work, on, work on that for you. Um. I'll stay in touch, but I do know some people that 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 most likely knows them. Okay, you know I, I'd appreciate any information, any contact because I I would like to contact. I would like to have them come to New York and do um, an event with me. You know I, I'd like to go straight into Harlem, right at the State Building in Harlem, and and have everybody with the Blacks for Trump shirts on. And you know, have their um, their leader speak. You know, I'm definitely gonna I'm definitely gonna work on that for you. I should I should have an answer or something for you by okay. tomorrow, but I'll definitely work it. on that. I appreciate it very much. I, I appreciate you as well, and and you have a good night. And like you I too. said, I can't wait to can't wait to have you back on here again. Thank you so much for having me. God bless you all. God bless you as well, Miss Brown. Okay. Thank you. Bye.